welcome to livealittlehigher.com. Sunday night we will be celebrating Shavuot. It is the holiday, the, the season of the, of the giving of the Torah. It's known as the giving of the Torah. And why is it the giving of the Torah and not the receiving of the Torah? Because Hashem is always giving us the Torah. He, he's there to give it to us, but we are the ones that have to accept it and we have to receive it. So we commemorate the time when 50 days after the exodus of Egypt, after the Jews left Egypt for 49 days, they were getting ready to be able to receive the Torah on the 50th day, on the 6th of Sivan. And on this day, the Jewish people stood at Mount Sinai and received the Torah from Hashem. And so from then on, Jews were a Torah nation whose chief occupation would be Torah study and observance of mitzvot. So the, the whole purpose of the Jewish people is Torah and mitzvot. That's it. That's our purpose. That's our mission. If you're asking, why, why am I in this world? What is my purpose? What is my mission? This is your purpose and this is your mission. So if you're a doctor, a lawyer, a mother, uh, an accountant, an, a, a CEO of a company, if you are a taxi driver, an Uber driver, whatever you are, this is not your purpose and this is not your mission. This is only the, 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 the tools that God gives you in order for you to fulfill your purpose and your mission. So through being a mother, if you're doing things the way Hashem wants you to do them, then you're fulfilling Hashem's purpose in this world by taking care of you, by having babies, by taking care of them, by taking care of your family, by making sure that they're loved and nurtured and given everything they need to become good people in this world. It's a huge mission. So if you're asking yourselves, look at where you are right now in your life, what you're doing, every day and make it purposeful and meaningful. It's not people don't have to be around looking for a purpose and a, and a, and a mission. That, that's, that, doesn't, that doesn't make sense. It's whatever you are, wherever you are, doing whatever you are, do it in a holy way, do it in the way that Hashem wants you to do it. So even before this awesome event, our forefathers, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, before the giving of the Torah, they used to fulfill the mitzvot. And our, as it says, our father Abraham observed the whole Torah before it was given, as stated, because Abraham listened to my voice and I kept, I kept my charge, my commandments, my status, and my Torah. But there is a cardinal difference between the mitzvot that were taken care, that were performed by the forefathers from the mitzvot that were performed by the Jews after the giving of the Torah. So what's the whole thing of giving of the Torah? Why did we have to do everything we did to be able to receive this Torah? And why are we commanded to keep it in such a way? So we're going to see. The Midrash states that when the Holy One, blessed be He, created the worlds, He decreed and, and said that the heavens belong to God, but the earth He gave to the children of man. So when Hashem, He created the world, He says, the heavens are mine and the world is yours. So from there we see that, yeah, the spiritual and the physical are completely separate realms. 
They don't merge. They have nothing to do one with the other. Hashem is up there and we're down here, right? So then we see that Hashem wished to give the Torah. And when he wished to give the Torah, he abolished the original decree and said, the lower regions shall ascend to the upper regions and the upper regions shall descend to the lower regions. And this is in the Midrash. So what happened? When Abraham, Isaac, and, ja and Jacob used to perform mitzvot, it was a holy, very spiritual act. But for example, there was no, not such a thing as a, a Torah scroll. There was not such a thing as a mezuzah. There was no such thing as tefillim. So they would keep the whole Torah and they, they would strap a, a piece of, of, a, of a leather in their arms. They would pray. And the minute they took it off, they would throw it away because this, this strap of, 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 of the leather didn't sustain holiness because it was a separate act. So what happens is that the heavens represent spirituality and holiness and earth, everything physical and mundane. This was before the Torah was given. And so we see that the moment the Hashem gave the Torah to the Jewish people, he removed this barrier of the heavens and the earth. It, 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 he took it away. And so the giving of the Torah, Hashem, he made the, the physical, he made the physical with the capacity of becoming spiritual and maintaining its status. So we see that the heavens, that which is upper, would now be joined with the lower, with the earth, and the spiritual would affect the physical, and the physical would affect the, the spiritual. So whatever you do here affects the spiritual, and whatever happens up there affects the, 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 the physical. So we're able to infuse godliness into the physical world because our strength to do so, unlike, unlike our forefathers, comes from God himself. So what happened? Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, they fulfilled the mitzvahs. They were known as the chariots of Hashem. They wouldn't do anything that God didn't ask from them. They were chariots of God. Like if you get in your car, the car is going to go wherever you take it. It's not going to go wherever it wants. It's going to go wherever you take it. So the same way Abraham and Isaac and Yaakov were like the chariots of Hashem. They would go wherever Hashem would take them. They would not complain. They wouldn't ask questions, they would just do it. We, we see with the Akeda, with Abraham, that Hashem told him, take your son, your beloved only son, and go and sacrifice him. And he didn't even question, he just did it because they were chariots of God. And how could they come to become this? How did they ever become these very holy people? They became this because this is what they wished to do. This was their desire. They did it because they wanted to do it. And so we see that the goal of creation of a physical world where souls inhabit physical bodies, imagine a soul is a, a spiritual entity that comes from a spiritual realm. It's an emanation of God and it trickle, it, it's thrown into this world. It's put inside a bottle, inside a body, which is like a bottle. It's put inside a body. And this, this body, eh, doesn't doesn't have any like suddenly you see there's no 
like you don't see the body a person like a, a spiritual being you don't see a person like a soul you would see a soul or a spiritual being you see a person as a, as a person and so it says here from the teachings of the Rebbe that the goal of the creation of the physical world where souls inhabit physical bodies is that the body should be cognizant of God that godliness be revealed in the world making it a fit dwelling place for the divine and this is achieved through living in the spirit of the Torah. So the Torah, the world and the Torah are not separate entities. So for, for us to be able to serve God, uh, not like our, 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 God, our forefathers who did it because they, 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 they wanted to be godly and serve Hashem and they had a calling and they, and they saw things that they were in a much loftier spiritual level than what we are as, as people, like they say that in the house of, of, of um, Abraham you could see angels. Uh, in the house of Isaac you could see it was something that was normal, it was natural. And so for us to be able to connect to the divine, to connect to the spirit, spiritual world, to be able to connect to heaven, let's say, we need a medium, we need a Torah, and we need mitzvot. Because if we don't have a Torah and we don't have mitzvot, there's no way we can connect to, to godliness. This is our, our 911 call to godliness. If you want to connect to godliness, you have to call 613, which is the number of the mitzvot that Hashem gives us. So we see that, it's not a, that, that one is not a Torah Jew only in, the, in an environment of Torah and outside follows the dictates of secular so society. So we see that Hashem doesn't want a Jew to be only connected to God when he goes to the synagogue or when he's learning Torah. He wants a Jew to be a Jew always, a full-fledged Jew, a person that even in his business, he's doing things with the Alaha, with the Jewish code of law, fulfilling mitzvot, paying his, his uh, employees on time, treating them correctly, uh, not overworking them, not taking advantage of them. There's so many laws in business of how you have to behave that when a Jew works in this way, then he's making his life very holy and his business becomes very holy. So at Mount Sinai, it was the Ten Commandments which were openly given to the Jews. We had the two, the two Luchot in which on one side we had the, the first five which are the commandments between us and Hashem and then we had the, the, the second uh, set which were the, the, the next five commandments were our relationship with with. Uh, people with the other people so we see that the Ten Commandments encompass the entire Torah the whole Torah is bottled up in the Ten Commandments every mitzvah comes out from one of these commandments so the Ten Commandments seem to be comprised of two very different categories the first are uh, as we see we read the first commandment says, I am the Lord your God, and you shall not have other gods. This is the two first commandments that we received. We received them directly from Hashem. Everybody heard him. It says it was such a supersonic experience that they heard with their, with their eyes and they saw with their ears. That's how transformational it was. It was so like um, like a hi-fi movie, one of these Hollywood uh, 3D 
uh, supersonic movies. And it was such a, a, a strong experience that the, they, it says in the Torah that the Jewish people couldn't contain their souls inside of their bodies. They died. They died. They all died. They couldn't. They couldn't take more than two commandments directly for, from Hashem. And that's when Hashem said to Moshe, okay, I'm going to resuscitate them. I'm going to resurrect them. And he brought us out back to life. And then the rest of the Torah was given to them through Moses. But the first two commandments were given to the Jewish people from Hashem. These are the first two commandments. So we see here that these loftiest expressions of, of, of God's unity, the rest of the commandments consist of such simple commandments as you shall not murder, you shall not steal. And these commandments in the intellect of the human being, you could accept them. Like, yeah, anybody would come up with these laws. Don't kill, don't steal, it's, it, it's, it's not the right thing to do, we should, we should not do these things. So the, the God, that God combined both categories in the commandments and the Ten Commandments expresses the synthesis of the upper and the lower heaven and earth, which took place at the giving of the Torah. Both concepts, the upper shall descend to the lower, and the lower shall ascend to the upper, are alluded to the upper shall descend to the lower, means the upper commandments should be present also in the lower, such as the prohibitions against theft and murder, that is the basis of the fulfillment of the later must be called, I am the Lord your God. So what he's saying here, the Rebbe, is that we should not observe the commandments because they're logical to us. Yeah, it's logical. Don't kill. Don't steal. Honor your parents. Have a don't covet your your friend's wife. Don't don't uh, feel uh, jealous or 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 uh, covet someone else's possessions. This makes sense. It's logical. This any civil society would go by these laws. But what it's telling us here is that we keep the Torah not because of our, of our human logic dictates, of our, our intelligence. We keep the Torah because God commanded the Torah to us. And that's why we heard the first two commandments from Him directly. Because we keep the Torah because this is Hashem's will. Hashem's wisdom is contained in the Torah. And the mitzvot are Hashem's will. And this is the reason of our existence. There's no other reason. If, if, if it wasn't because the Jewish people were willing to go out of Egypt, and it was only, I think, 20% of the Jewish people that came out of Egypt, 80% died in the plague of darkness because they didn't want to come. And Hashem just created this plague of darkness and they died because there was no purpose for them anymore. There was no reason for them to exist. So Hashem took them out of Egypt to give them the Torah so they could come and fulfill the will of Hashem in this world. That's the whole purpose of it. And so if you're not fulfilling the purpose of Hashem in this world, then why are you here? There's no reason. And so it says here, the Rebbe teaches something very, very beautiful, very special. And he says that the upper and lower can be synthesized because God provides the strength to Jews to do so. He gives us a Torah, he gives us the mitzvot, and it's so close to our heart 
that we might we can do it it's something that is natural for us it's unnatural for a Jew to live a life that is not a Jewish life that's what's not natural it's not natural for a Jew to be eating non-kosher food. It's not natural for a Jew to not keep Shabbat. It's not natural for a Jew to not dress in a modest way. It's not natural for a Jew to be uh, talking bad about other people. This is not the essence of a Jew. This is not our makeup. This is not what we're made up to be. So what it's saying here, uh, here is that the word of the first commandment, the, the wording of the first commandment, encapsulates everything there. And it says, I am the Lord your God. And then it says, who took you out of Egypt. But this, I am the Lord your God, is three relationships that we have with Hashem. So God, the, the word God at the end, represents godliness in creation. It represents the name of God, of Elohim. Uh, Hashem has different names. It doesn't mean there's different gods. It's the same God, but every name shows a different facet of him. So it's like to say, oh, you know, Margie, is, uh, she's sweet, but she's funny, but she's uh, also very strict, you know? So each facet would be given a name. So this uh, name God represents the name of Hashem, which is Elohim, which the numerical value is the same numerical value to the word Teva, which means nature. And this is an, a, a finite uh, representation of Hashem in this world. So Hashem really, there's a oneness of God. I, I am the Lord your God means the unity of Hashem, like everything is a God. But God is also concealed in nature. And so the same, uh, the umbrella that protects you from the shade is the same thing. The umbrella and the shade are one. It's the same thing. It's, 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 it's Elohim. And so what it says here is that God represents the godliness in creation. And, uh, and it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the name of Hashem that is imbued in nature. And, uh, and this is in the Zohar. And for this level of godliness is invested in creation, which God has set within the natural limits. So Hashem created a world that has a natural order. It, it goes with the natural order because it, that's the only way that he can make a world where people can have free will. If he doesn't make a natural order, then people would not be able to have free choice. We wouldn't have Behira. Like imagine if you're eating a shrimp and you see that lightning is going to strike you, obviously you're not going to eat a shrimp. If you keep Shabbat and you're going to make $10 million in one week, everybody will be keeping Shabbat. So Hashem create, creates a world with a natural order. So people have free will. So then the word, I am the Lord, Lord represents the revelation of godliness which transcends creation and it is that level where the past, present and future which normally cannot coexist are all one. The Lord is infinite above time and place. So this is the, the name of Hashem that is Yudke Vavke which is the Tetragrammaton which is the infinite, infallible name of Hashem. So this is something that transcends, that is beyond our grasp uh, we can never come to understand Hashem's ways. He's, 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 he, 
his, his, his way of thinking is not our way of thinking and we could never come to understand why Hashem does the things he does because we're human and he's God. So that's that name of God. And then the I, I am, refers to God's essence, and which is so lofty, this part of Hashem is so lofty, so lofty, that it cannot even be given a name. And so as stated, when Moshe Rabbeinu saw the burning bush and, and a voice was coming out of the, of the bush, uh, and this voice came and told him that he has to take the Jewish people out of Egypt, that he's gonna help them. And when he says, okay, when I come to Pharaoh, what am I gonna tell him? What, who are you? What's your name? And, see, and, and Hashem answered him with that name. I am who I am. I am who I am. This is, this is my essence. You cannot give me form, shapes, size, uh, put me in a box. No, you cannot even understand what I am. So not only is this a loftier than the level of godliness as invested in creation, but it's also higher so as the infinite name of God, Yud Kei which is the God here, but it's also higher than the revelation of godliness which transcends nature uh, that is given the name Lord Elohim. So the level of I is not limited to anything, not to nature, not to transcendence, it's beyond that. The essence of God is no more constrained to infinity than than to finity. So to say that Hashem is infinite is also giving him um, a description. So this name of God, I, is beyond description. We cannot even say he's infinite because the other name God, Yud Kei you can say he's infinite. But this I is beyond infinite. It's, we cannot even give it an, a description because it, it, would, it would limit him even if you say that he's, that he's infinite. So infinity, infinity, which is transcending nature, is also a type of constraint. And in that it is not finite. God's essence, on the other hand, is above both finity and infinity, and therefore can unite the two with finity and infinity coexistence as an example of this, an example of this, is the ark in the holy of holies. In the, in the Mishkan, in the, in the tabernacle, in the two temples, there, wa there was an ark uh, where the Luchots were contained in the Holy of Holies, in the Kodesh HaKodashim, which although having definite physical dimensions, this ark, uh, and it would look that it was finite, simultaneously took up no space in the Holy of Holies. So it was like, it was, so spiritual, it had no, no, it didn't take space. So this is one of those miracles of the times of the temple. So this is the meaning of I am the Lord your God at the giving of the Torah, this first commanding, Ani Hashem, I am the Lord your God, that every Jew is given the strength of the I. We're all given this strength that supersedes any constriction. Inside of you, there is a spark of Hashem. That is your essence. And that's where you take your strength from. This is where the strength of a Jew comes from. This is the strength of a Jew in times of, of inquisition, 
where they tell the Jew either you bow down or you're gonna be killed to the cross and the Jew prefers to die. And this is a Jew that never kept Torah, never kept mitzvot, nothing. He prefers to die. Where does this come from? Like, hello, where, do, where does a Jew have this capacity? I'm not saying they all do it, but they, that we have the capacity to give our, our life for Hashem comes from the eye, from the ani, from that part of, of, of God that transcends even infinitude, that it doesn't even have a name for it because it would, it would um, limit it. So the, the Jew is given the, the strength of this eye, which is not limited by, by or to anything. And Jews are therefore able to combine the, the level of Lord transcending creation. We have the capacity to transcend. We have the capacity to go beyond the realm, the spiritual realm, like for example, Shabbat. Shabbat, we are transcending. We're, we're leaving the material world and we're going into a spiritual realm. We, we have that capacity. And then you see that with your God, the level of God, which is Elohim, which is imbued in nature, this can be grasped even by the human intellect and Jews must unite the commands, you shall not murder and you shall not steal. These commandments, we should not do them because they're logical, because they make sense, because intellectually I can come to understand them. I do them because the I, because that's my essence and this is what Hashem wants from me. And that's the whole purpose of giving us the Torah, that we can connect to that part of ourselves. And if Hashem wouldn't have given us the Torah at Mount Sinai, and He wouldn't have given us the mitzvot, and we wouldn't have said, Nasevenishma, we will learn and then we will do and then we will learn. Imagine how avant-garde most people would say, no, I need to understand this in order to be able to fulfill this that you're asking me to do. But the Jews were not, they were there standing and they said, Nasevenishma, we will do and then we will learn. This is from the eye. And we see in the world, we see it, many, many things that were, um, that were uh, not acceptable, that were wrong, and they're still wrong, because the Torah says they're wrong, but the world can come to justify them and, and, and change everything and make them seem right. You know, for example, in China, Many years ago, there was an overpopulation. They still have an overpopulation, but in those days, I remember I was in my 20s, people could only have one child by law, and they couldn't have more. And so what would people do? Like, for example, they all wanted boys, and if a girl was born, they would kill the girl or throw her in who knows where. So people can justify anything. People can justify anything. The human the human mind can justify any wrong under the sun. Any wrong under the sun. Like I was seeing in the news this week that the, there's people that want to cancel the mom word and the Mother's Day, they're not moms, they're birthing people. Birthing people, please, come on. Then they can justify it because no, it's offensive for other people that cannot have babies, whatever, whatever they wanna call it. I don't know how they justified it, but hello, a mom is a mom. Who's gonna replace a mom ever in the world? A mom is a mom. So here, 
we see that the Torah is the only truth in the world, is the met, is the met of God. And when we connect to this Torah, when we connect to Hashem's wisdom and we connect to Hashem's will, we're able to not only live in this world and make it a, a, a dwelling place for Hashem and make it holy, we're able to transcend the world and understand that we are above it. And not only that, we can even go far, far, farther, farther to a place where there's no explanation of who we are. And that's our essence. So I want to wish you a Hak Samea, a beautiful Yom Tov, that you should receive the Torah like a new toy, full of wonder and joy and inspiration, and that everything you do for Hashem, that you should be happy. Serve Hashem with joy. That's the biggest mitzvah. And, and in the Sechut, that we do this, that Israel should be protected, all our brothers and sisters in the land of Israel should be protected and there should be no sorrow for anybody. So, Hag Samea and live a little higher. Thank you.